Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. My finances, my money, my talents, my possession, my children, my wife, my husband, this church, everything belongs to God. Your business, everything belongs to God. Point number four, God made us managers of his resources. God made each of us managers of his resources. We're taught to respect authority from the time we're young. As adults, we enter the working world and must respect the authority of those in positions over us. Imagine if your boss asked you to adjust some numbers a wee bit to please his bosses. What then? As a believer, there is an authority that trumps any human one, God. If you're ever in a situation where there's a question, go to the Word. God's Word has the final say because above all, we are to be obedient to Him. He will use our witness and bless our commitment to the truth. Any consequences that we could face for standing for what's right are nothing compared to His blessings. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verse 13, for part one of our message entitled, Jesus Teaches About Dollars and Cents. Today, Jesus is going to teach a very important principle. He's going to say to us, money is not what life is all about. You know that. This is not something made up. This is real. But we'll see as Jesus talks about money. He says it is not what life's about, but it plays a big role in your life, in my life. And how should we look at our possessions and our things? What kind of values should we have? If you fall asleep the rest of the service and you got this, you got the service. That isn't permission, but if you happen to do it. First one is this. Giving equals living. Giving equals living. Second one's a little more complicated, so you'll have to be careful as I say it. Living equals giving. Living equals giving. Let's turn to Mark chapter 12. Mark 12, verse 13. Later they sent some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. You see, the Pharisees, you know them well, the religious leaders of Israel, opposed the Roman occupation of Israel. They felt in bondage. On the other hand, another Jewish group of people were called the Herodians. They were Jews, but they were sympathetic to Herod. They were, we would call, political sellouts. They made accommodations to Rome. They accepted the Roman rule. They were good buddies. Actually, you can see that the Pharisees hating the Romans, the Herodians loving the Romans, would be at odds with each other. They were, except for one common enemy. 
Him as Jesus Christ. They come together here with a question that has religious and political implications. The religious fit the Pharisees, the political fit the Herodians. They were going to try to remove Jesus because He was a threat to them politically and religiously. Verse 14. And they came to Him and said, Teacher, we know you are a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are. But you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Here was their question. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Taxes in those days were really no more popular than they are in our day. In those times, the people had religious taxes and political taxes. We've talked about the religious, the temple tax. This political tax was called the poll tax or the head tax. It was an annual tax demanded by the Roman government for anyone from the age 14 to 65. Taxes were big in those days and it's estimated that the political and religious together would equal at least 40% of your income. Note, look at verse 14, you see the question clearly again. Is it lawful? Is it right? Is it the right thing to do to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now they thought they had Jesus in a corner, for if he says, Jesus says it's okay to pay taxes to Rome, then the Pharisees and the Jewish religious leaders would have said, how dare you? How can you do that? They weren't bondage to them, why should we pay them taxes? But if he stood and he opposed the taxes, the Herodians who were in cahoots with the Roman leaders would have gone and said, Jesus is against you politically. They had him in both corners. Verse 15. So they repeat their question. Should we pay or shouldn't we? But it says Jesus knew their hypocrisy. You see, Jesus knows past our words. Now, they had flattered Jesus wonderfully. Actually, the flattery was 100% true, but they didn't believe it. So it says Jesus sees through them, and he says to them, Why are you trying to trap me? Bring me a Daenerys and let me look at it. This coin, all coinage, represented Rome, and it was, it was really hard for the Jewish people to stand for this. Because their money went to take care of pagan temples and the lifestyle, as we would say, of the rich and famous pagan leaders. Jesus says, bring me a coin. I don't care about your words. Let me teach you. I'm going to answer your question. Verse 16. And they brought the coin. And he simply asked them this. Whose portrait is this? And whose inscription? And they replied, Caesar's. When he answered this denarius, which was a small silver coin used to pay the, the poll tax and other taxes, Jesus says, whose picture's on it? It's like we take a dollar bill out and whose picture's on that? And they said, well, the coin had a portrait of Caesar, naturally, on the coin, since he was the political leader. Then Jesus says, well, what does it read there? And as if we take our, one of our coins out and we read something that we say, in God we trust. And that certainly stands for our country, doesn't it? Right. They looked at the coin and they read to Jesus, and here's exactly what it said. Tiberius Caesar Augustus, son of divine Augustus, 
And you flip the coin on the other side, it said this, Pontifex Maximus, which meant Caesar is totally divine. Verse 17, Then Jesus said to them, Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Now you want to make a word. The word give there you want to write down because this has an application to the whole teaching this morning. The word give in the Greek means this, to pay a debt, to give back. To pay a debt or to give back. It's not as if you're just giving it because you have the generous of the heart. It means that you owed something and you had to pay it back to the individual or the corporation or the government. Here's the first of the seven keys as you're taking notes this morning. The first one is this. Number one, be a good citizen. Give back to Caesar. Be a good citizen. Give back to Caesar. Keep your finger there in the book of Mark, right where you're at, and turn back a couple books, three books, whatever, to the book of Romans, chapter 13. You see, Jesus is going to say to them that your question has to do with authority. We just spoke about authority a few weeks ago. This is a refresher, and Paul tells us, for you and I, what this really means. The tax that was owed to the government was to pay for all the civil benefits that Rome had brought to the people. In other words, there was protection and good roads in those days. So Jesus says, give back what you already owe. In other words, you're enjoying the benefits. You owe the government for this. Well, when he's teaching on authority, what does he really mean by that? Where does the government fit? Where does authority fit in my life and your life? Why do I owe the government anything? Well, Romans 13.1 tells us why. Here's what it says. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. So Jesus says, all authority came from God because before there was anything, there was God. And you remember when man sinned, God then put into human form three authorities that were under God. So we have this big umbrella this morning, God. Underneath God, we have three human authorities, all of them to bring us protection and guidance and direction in our life and keep rule. The first human authority was the family, husband and the wife, husband and wife over the children. The second one we see is government. This is what we're talking about this morning. God instituted government. And the third human authority is the church. Pastors and elders under the authority of God. So when we ask for you to have your children in the kids' ministry, not in the sanctuary, boom, 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 what do we do? We do that. When they ask you to sit your seat here, we start the service at this time, we end it at this time. If you didn't do that, you'd have total chaos. So there is authority. Now here's the principle. When you see those three human authorities, the Bible teaches us one important thing. If you get this, you get it all. When the authority is there and it's been given by God in, in human, we're to obey our husbands and our husbands and wives. If you're kids, we're to obey the civil authorities. We're to obey the police people, uh, bosses at work which come under the civil. We're to obey in our churches, obey those that have rule over you, our elders, 
uh, our pastors and so forth. All of those things, school teachers, they all fit in there. So we all have places where we submit to somebody else's authority. We always are to obey all authorities with one exception. Anytime any human authority goes against God's authority, you always defer to God. So that means when the government says pay taxes, I pay. Well, Pastor Mark, I mean, look at the government, what kind of government it is, and it's not the right kind of government, not doing with the money. Doesn't say that, does it? Does God know who's in authority here? Did he allow it? Yes. In this day, we had pagan authority. Jesus says what? Give to Caesar. What Caesar's? Do you agree with the pagans? No, I don't, but give it to them. It's their right. Pay them. If a husband comes home to his wife and he says, you're going to submit to me. We're going to an X-rated movie tonight and I want you to go with me. What is the wife to do? The wife, in the right submissive attitude, as we should be to all kinds of authority, say, no, I can't because I have a high authority. God, I won't do that. At work, if your boss comes to you and says, you know, we have important people come through, we need, you're the accountant person, you're working there, we need to adjust these figures, get on the lowest one, two, three, play with it a little bit, change the bottom line, just for this day, make it look better than it is. What do you do? You say, I can't do that because I have a higher authority, it's God. So anytime we see that, if it goes against, and by the way, how do we know what God's authority is? You're reading it this morning. It's his word. In a church, if somebody, a pastor, an elder, whatever, said to you, you need to do this and that. By the way, if the people of Jim Jones Day would have understood this, they'd all been living today. So make sure, as we tell you all the time, anything we teach here, any of the pastors that teach here, you check it out in the Word of God. That's why we go through verse by verse. So Jesus simply says this. And by the way, if you want to find where that principle is, that you always obey God instead of men if they go against God, it's Acts 5.29. You can just write that down. So Jesus says to the Jewish people... Go ahead, pay your taxes. But he says this, really, pay your taxes, but don't obey what's written on the coin. You don't have to believe that Caesar is divine, because he isn't. You still worship God, but you still have to pay your taxes. Secondly, the second of our seven points this morning is this. Back in the book of Mark, chapter 17. Be a godly citizen, give back to God. Be a godly citizen, give back to God. Verse 17 continued, not only do we give to Caesar, but then Jesus says, and to God, what is God's? And they were amazed at him. He backed him into a corner, but he came out smiling. They were left. He solved the political situation. He solved the religious situation. He says, whatever's due to Caesar, you do to him. Whatever's due to God, you do to God. But that brings us a great question. Remember the word give is the same word there, and it means give back to God what is God's. What does that mean? What do I owe God? Why should I be in debt to God? So we come to point number three, and it's this. Point number two is to be a godly citizen, give back to God. Well, what do I give back to God? Point number three is this. God owns everything in the world. God owns everything in the world. Here's the two verses. Just write them. We won't go them this morning. I'll read them to you. Psalm 24, 1. Psalm 24, 1 and Haggai 2, 8. Psalm 24, 1 and Haggai 2, 8. Here's what Psalm says. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world is 
and all who live in it. You think that covers pretty much everything? Yeah, pretty much everything. For those of you who say, you ain't talking about money yet. Well, we give you Haggai 2.8. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord. So it's all his. He had it all. Everything I have belongs to God. My time, my finances, my money, my talents, my possession, my children, my wife, my husband, this church, everything belongs to God. Your business, everything belongs to God. Point number four, God made us managers of his resources. God made each of us managers of his resources. As you know, a good manager should recognize God's ownership and submit to it. When you think about manager, sometimes the word steward would come into the Bible. I like the word manager better because most of us are used to that. Many of us have been managing people. We've managed people in our past. That was my life before I became a pastor, you know, in the hospital pharmacy field. I managed people for years as director. As a manager, there's three words of our finances this morning you need to write down under this point, number four. Three little words. Here's the first word. Privilege. The second one is enjoyment. And the third one is accountability. Privilege, enjoyment, and accountability. Number one, I get the privilege to manage God's resources. Should that make us happy? Oh, I can tell you're happy. Have you ever had a better boss than God? I don't care what boss you have now. Not better than God. There's no way. God is the great boss. And I have the privilege, as we shared last week, of having a vineyard. And in that vineyard, I'm raising things and raising crops and raising fruit and producing a life that is to match Jesus Christ. I'm to be that person that is successful managing his resources. I get the privilege to manage his resources. The second one is this. God wants me to enjoy the things that he's given me. As I look out at you this morning, I don't see a lot of enjoyment. God says in his word, number one, John 10.10, 10, we should have life and have it abundantly. Number two, the second thing that he says is in 1 Timothy, God has given us all things richly to enjoy. You see, serving Jesus Christ should be joyful. Is serving God good or not? Absolutely it is. And the second thing, not only do I have the privilege, but I should have the enjoyment. Thirdly, I will be held accountable for my resources. Actually, God's resources. See, there's a day coming when you will stand before God. Not as a parent. Not for your children. Not for this church. I'm not going to stand here for this church. I'm going to stand for me. And the privileges and the responsibilities God gave for me. Now, some of that will include this church. And if you're a parent, you will stand before God. Some of the responsibilities God gave you. How did you do raising your kids? And kids, how were you at school? And all of these things will come into an account. So I have the privilege, I have the enjoyment, and I am going to be held accountable. Jesus says, give back to God. Well, what is really God's? Keep your finger there in Mark and flip back to Luke chapter 6, verse 38. I want you to see this area. This is the 
kingdom law of giving. Luke 6, 38. Now when you go there quickly, you'll see that under this law, it says something that we struggle with because we don't understand it in the world. Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Here's what Jesus says. Give and you will get less. Is that right? But you have to stop for a moment. That's exactly what we're taught in the world. Give a big tip? Well, why would I want to give a big tip? Because I'm giving that away. I'm going to have less than my... I can order a bigger meal if I give a smaller tip. See, when I give, I always get less. That's what the world tells you. But Jesus has a whole different principle. Now, don't, don't get excited about this because you're not going to go down a hype road. But it says here, give, and it will what? It says give and you'll get more. Now, some of you have heard hyping about that, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Then Jesus says, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured in your lap. In other words, God's got a great measure of giving. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So God's operation of giving is totally different than the world. If I learn to give, it automatically means it means more is coming to me. Now, in managing our resources, there's three areas. Our financial resources that God teaches about in the Word of God. Let me give you those three quickly. The first is tithes. T-I-T-H-E-S. It's a financial term, a mathematical term. It means 10% of your income. Second is offerings. These are free will, free will offerings, basically as God directs you. The third is alms, alms to help the poor, to minister to those who are needy. Salvation Army or a benevolence kind of fund. Now anytime we talk about those three words, especially the word tithe, people get nervous. They get nervous. They're sweating in your seat already. You can see the hankies coming out. They're concerned. But they've been concerned because somewhere they've been hyped about it. Somewhere someone has made them feel guilty about it. Somewhere someone has wrongly said, give $10,000 and you'll get 100000 back. That's what you want, isn't it? So here's the motive for giving. So you get that is never the motive for giving. So don't be hyped. If you've come to this church more than one week, you know you'll never be hyped here ever about money. Relax. Let's go through point number five. Biblical giving starts with the tithe. Biblical giving starts with the tithe. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Malachi, Old Testament, just before the New Testament. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Now there's some important things because this verse is actually a a mere image of the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 38. In the Old Testament, the minimum standard of giving in a financial area was the tithe, 10%. In today's message from the Gospel of Mark, we heard how Jesus dealt with the issue of taxes when he said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. God established that there should be human authority so that it is right that we give under those laws. We came to understand through the Bible that all we have belongs to the Lord. 
and we should give freely everything He asks of us, and we'll be blessed. Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series the next time you join us. For those of you that like to have CD archives of Bible teachings, we'd like to offer you a CD of Pastor Mark's message from today. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5. This is only to cover the materials and shipping it takes for you to receive your CD. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option. Now, here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is MB3154. And the title of today's message is Jesus Teaches About Dollars and Cents. Again, the message number from today's broadcast is MB3154. And the title of this message is Jesus Teaches About Dollars and Cents. Or if you'd like, you can just remember today's date. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we'll take a closer look at the biblical principles of tithing, what we should give and how we should give. Pastor Mark will provide specific guidelines about tithing and the scriptures to support them. We will be encouraged about giving, that the more we give, we will always be taken care of by the Lord. He will provide all we need. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the Gospel of Mark. That's next time on Lessons for Living.